back to Dr. Kelly Victory. Now, I know that uh, yourself and, and even Dr. Drew, I, I think Dr. Drew even received death threats to, to himself and his family for the positions he was taking uh, on television and on his podcast. Uh, well, how, how, how did that, how does that happen? How do physicians turn on physicians like that? Well, I really, it is um, become, it's in part because of the nature of social media. Uh, and social media, unfortunately, has allowed for not only the 24-7 news cycle, but it's allowed for everybody to weigh in with an opinion um, on things, people who shouldn't be. And the only thing worse, in my estimation, than no, you know, lack of information, and I remember saying this last year, uh, the only thing worse than lack of information is disinformation. Mm -hmm. And the uh, social media, unfortunately, in the Internet is uh, is ripe with disinformation. Um, you, know, you take something like Twitter or YouTube or Facebook where the fact checkers you know, we don't get to know who they are. You know who I am. I mean, I'm out there. I'm, I'm you know, at Dr. Kelly Victory. It's really right. tricky. It's my name. Um, and, and Dr. Drew, everyone knows who he is. It's Dr. Drew Pinsky. And you can, you know, get his credentials. But these fact checkers, you know, there's some 20 something year old who's behind the scenes deciding that they know more than what I know about uh, virology or epidemiology. I mean, think how crazy that is. And so we have people determining what the public can see. And frankly, unfortunately, what some physicians, you know, have become uh, perhaps more complacent, don't necessarily do their own research, didn't go to the literature themselves to read. They just said, well, you know, my hospital, my, you know, board decided this, or I read on, you know, you can't believe how many people get what they believe is their medical information from places like Google. Well, if Google is suppressing <laughs> everything they don't want you to see, and they're only showing you the three studies that they want you to see, you know, you really aren't doing yourself a service. So it, it takes a little tenacity in today's world uh, as a scientist to really dig in and say, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. And, you know, I'll do my own research. Thank you. Uh, but it's become highly politicized. And as you know, things like the mask, uh, and now I fear the vaccine, are sort of the talisman. It, it's the thing you wear around your neck that says, you know, I, I'm a good human being. I care about others. I'm, right. I'm not selfish. Uh, and so I, I've done these things. And that, to me, is a very dangerous place to be because people end up being coerced into doing things um, that aren't necessarily in their own best interest. And I think it's time that people get back to making um, good personal decisions about whether or not a particular drug, a particular treatment or a particular activity is what's right for them or their family. I, I think that's the only way to help reverse things is to you know, bring voices like yours out to a broader public or something, because you know, we're fortunate here. We, we live near the beach. And, you know, when we go for a walk and we walk the dog, um, you know, we, we, see, we see people in our own neighborhood walking around outside or exercising outside, running, uh, riding a bicycle, wearing a mask, some wearing a mask and a shield. Yes. Yes. And, and, and well, then they, they see us coming and they're like, oh, my God, they pull up a mask and they run across the street because we're not wearing masks outside. Uh, is this enough? Uh, just bringing the information. Is that enough to reverse this or what will it take? 
Well, I, I think that's a, that's certainly part of it. And when I sit down with people, I try to compel them to think logically. And I'll say things like, if, if you stand six feet apart in the line to get on the plane, then you get on the plane and sit three inches from people for the two and a half hour duration of the flight. Why, when you get off the plane, do you have to go back to standing six feet apart to deplane? Does that does that make any does that make any sense to you? Or I'll talk about things like ACE and one of the greatest fallacies of this, I think, that has driven the panic and continued with the lockdown fervor, Gil, is the fallacy of asymptomatic spread. Mm. The idea that people who don't have any signs or symptoms of a vi- of a respiratory virus are out spreading it. Because if you believe that's the case, I have to assume that that you and certainly I are, for example, uh, vaccinated against polio. Mm-hmm. We all got vaccinated for polio. Have you ever been concerned that you are out spreading polio unwittingly to others right now? That <laughs> Not you might, once. <laughs> or perhaps you're, perhaps you, but maybe you're asymptomatic, Gil. Has it ever occurred? Would you ever worry that you asymptomatically had measles right now when we're out spreading it to others? Of course not. Right. I mean, that's preposterous. That's a silly concept. And you would never. But all of a sudden, people are acting as if COVID-19 is somehow a different. It's a respiratory virus. And we know lots about respiratory viruses. And we know that they don't hang out in your nose and mouth where you're spreading them willy-nilly to others without having symptoms. Furthermore, we've always assumed that once you're vaccinated from something, you are free to go about your business. That's why after you get vaccinated for measles or mumps or hepatitis or polio or chickenpox or all the things we've always gotten vaccinated for that we haven't been concerned that we still might, number one, get those illnesses, or number two, more silly, that we are out there somehow spreading them to people who haven't been vaccinated. So what I try to do is just point out the, I I try not to make people feel stupid or uneducated, but to say, let's let, let's let's really look logically at this. Right. Let's you, really try to look logically so that you get out of a place of fear. You know, Dr. Victory, I've actually lost friends, real friends, not Facebook friends, real friends over the mask thing. Uh, I have as well. I have as well. And it's truly I, I, I'm hearing now people are being disinvited from family gatherings. Be, um, people are being uh, disinvited from uh, from social events. People are being told that, you know, they are selfish, that they're a bad person, that this must be because you're anything, a Trump supporter or whatever. <laughs> and you're saying, what? What? The, no, this is simply decades and decades of experience. It's learning and understanding the science about this. It's watching the response to, you know, thousands and thousands of patients who have been treated with certain drugs and thousands and thousands who haven't and seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, I have the good fortune to be in uh, daily or or weekly contact with some very, very um, good physicians all over the world uh, who are bringing their experience to bear. Um, and, And that's really where the the storied history of medicine has always been that we get together as clinicians, that we swap experiences and that we learn from them and that we use those to drive our practice going forward. 
When you start silencing people, censoring people, shaming people, trying to get them to stop talking and to simply toe the party line, whatever that is, and to follow the dictums of of one particular person, whether it's Anthony Fauci or anybody else, we are stifling, truly, uh, the the furtherance of, of science. Uh, there was a time you may recall when there were people who who thought you're crazy when you said the the world was round. They're right. saying no, it's you know. Uh, there were time there was a time when we thought that uh, the the female affliction of hysteria was because women's uterus was running rampant throughout their body and needed to be cut out by a hysterectomy. That was the cure for hysteria. Uh, we've gone. We've learned from those things because we hopefully have open and vigorous discussion, vigorous debate, shutting people down and shaming people over this issue of masking or social distancing or wanting to send your children back to school is tragic and unnecessary. Dr. Kelly Victory, trauma emergency specialist. I want to talk about what people can actually do. What what should we be doing as as just as normal citizens in terms of supplements that are available uh, to us uh, to help uh, our immune system and what we should be taking? And then I want to I want you to spend a few minutes talking about the uh, the website uh, was that speak to an md.com. Yes, Uh, sure. uh, Um, Speak about those things. Yeah, sure. Well, obviously, you know, one of the greatest tragedies of this entire pandemic is that we have missed a golden opportunity, from my estimation, in public health to really educate people about the things that they can be doing, not just during a pandemic, but during all cold and flu seasons. What are things that we can do to keep our own God-given immune systems at peak functioning? So as I mentioned, uh, we do know with regard to COVID that your risk of contracting COVID and having a severe go with it is uh, highly related to vitamin D levels. A huge percentage of Americans are vitamin D deficient. Mm-hmm. 80% of, of black people are vitamin D deficient, upwards of 50% of Latinos are, and about 25 or 30% of Caucasians are vitamin D deficient. Mm-hmm. So supplementing vitamin D uh, is one of the simplest things you can do. Um, I recommend that people take zinc as well during all cold and flu seasons. Zinc is not effective uh, only against COVID, but against many, many viruses. So I recommend supplementing vitamin D, taking daily zinc. Quercetin is, again, an over-the-counter supplement that Mm -hmm. acts in some ways like hydroxychloroquine. Quercetin is what we call a zinc ionophore. It, uh, It helps the zinc get out of the bloodstream and into the cells where it can actually work against viruses. It's found in many fruits and vegetables. You simply can't eat enough of it, unfortunately, from a dietary source. So I recommend that people supplement it. And then vitamin C, uh, which is very, very good for your immune system. Those are some of the simple things you can do. On top of that, obviously, things like adequate sleep, regular exercise, exposure to sunshine, Mm -hmm. um, mitigation (laughs) of stress. You know, and and the problem is that we've instead we've conjoled people to do the exact wrong things during this pandemic. We've said stay indoors, you know, stay away from others, sit on the sofa, binge watch Netflix and eat Doritos. And that has not been a winning combination. I just uh, just yesterday saw the statistics on unwanted weight gain during the pandemic. 
the average weight gain for people during this past 20, uh, excuse me, uh, 13 months has been 29 pounds. For millennials, it's 41 pounds. (laughs) Let me tell you what that translates into in terms of um, negative health impact, the risk of things like diabetes, hypertension, many cancers, including breast cancer and colon cancer are profoundly impacted by that type of weight gain. Mm-hmm. So we, we've unfortunately ended up having people do the exact wrong things. And again, I absolutely acknowledge that COVID-19 is out there. It can be a nasty bug for some people. It isn't going away anytime soon. Um, There are uh, variants out there. But most people, Gil, most people really have a very, very low risk of becoming significantly ill. The median age for deaths from COVID-19 in this country is 80 years old. Not to say that those aren't tragic deaths, but that's the median age. Deaths for people under the age of 65, if they don't have underlying health conditions, are very, very low. And deaths under the age of 18 are essentially zero. People under the age of 18, unless they have a very serious underlying illness, is essentially zero. The CDC, as of today, reports that 226 people total in this entire pandemic under the age of 18 have died with some association to COVID and many of them had underlying cancers. uh, More than 30% of them had morbid obesity and other health problems. So really understand what your risk is. Uh, It's far, far lower than most people believe it is. Uh, it's just amazing to me that you have this information just right at the tip of your tongue and I have to go look for it. I, it's just not, it's just not out there. People just don't know these things, everything that you just said. That's just amazing to me. And And they, and they, and they don't know it, Gil, unfortunately, not because they haven't looked like you. It's buried. It's really hard to find. It's hard to find the balance. When I started down this road in January of last year, my entire goal was simply to be a more measured, more calm, more focused and balanced voice of reason during what I saw was a, you know, the onslaught of a panic vortex. And I know from all of my work in teaching uh, leadership in times of crisis um, that people do not make good decisions when they are acting out of fear, when they are right. acting out of panic. And so the best thing you can do is arm yourself with real facts, understand what the true risk is, and do the proactive things that you can be doing to make yourself you know, healthy and well and stay out of harm's way rather than living in fear and thinking, oh, I just need to wait for the next uh, mandate from the federal government to tell me what to do. Uh, there's, there's just a better way to manage. I'll be back in a moment with Dr. Kelly Victory. <laughs> 